This is part two of the two-part podcast with Jasmine Kaur. We hope you are enjoying it. You're listening to the Experience Sikhi podcast, a deeper look into the Sikh identity. We present to you open, honest, and inspiring stories. No armor, pretense, or sugarcoating. So one question is, how can understanding Pana and Hukam uh, mm-hmm. help us keep Sharda, Saj, Jardikala during mental health low points? Okay, so it's very difficult at the low points because you almost, I mean, forget about forget about doing Ardas or, or even getting up to read Bani. You don't even want to get out of your bed, right? That's usually how I found a lot of, or, you know, you're cutting yourself or you're doing something insane like this. You're not even thinking about how do I get out of this, right? Right. But one thing, in your normal points and in your joy points, in the points in your life where you're actually feeling really happy, that's where you need to make the difference. In the low points, what's best for you is to know that the universe is not going to stop tinkering with you until you get enlightened. And so because I'm talking from the perspective of Sikhi, not everything in your life is is always in some kind of there's always a reason for it right if you want to call it the action reaction response if you want to call it karma you can call it whatever you want but there's always a reason for why you're in the state that you're in but you have to remember that in the whole bigger long-term scheme of things the universe is not going to stop tinkering with you until you get enlightened because that's the ultimate goal so wherever you are right now even if it's night there is going to be day always the universe works in cycles actually if you think about it everything in the everything works in cycles actually the other day sorry i'm going off on a tangent no that's okay <laughs> um i was thinking like on earth we usually travel in straight lines right mm-hmm. other than roundabouts i'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know we tend to travel in straight lines on the road you turn 90 degrees or whatever yeah but in space you don't really travel in straight lines you you travel around whatever circles, the biggest yeah. gravity body yeah, is yeah, right exactly. so you'll even when you're sending out rovers to mars you're gonna line them up so that your trajectory gets is matched up with the their trajectory and whatever so comets they go in circles and everything so basically everything in the universe is in cycles um you've got the moon going around this, uh, the earth the earth is spinning around its uh, on its axis that's spinning around the sun the sun itself is spinning around the galaxy and that local supercluster is you know doing its thing around something else and then you look at the seasons on earth constantly winter uh, spring summer fall always always in seasons right always in cycles you look at basically your breath in cycles your heartbeat in cycles right so everything that we have is in cycles so always remember day night cycle in terms of the karmic philosophy in terms of what Sikhi is saying if you're at a low point you're going to get out of it into a high point it's going to come because everything manifests in cycles right so just remember that wherever you are then you're going to come out of it, mm-hmm. right? So have at least that projectional thinking because that itself will help you a little bit, that it's going to get better. Have absolute determination it's going to get, it has to get better because everything works in cycles, 
right? And in terms of, I see it's very difficult to tell people that this is happening because of this or this is this is your own doing and blah, blah, blah and that stuff because they're way too close to their problem at that time. You know, you're telling someone that like, you know, this is, for example, um, the other day we were just discussing how um, in Saki the world is considered an illusion, right? Now, because it's an illusion, it's just, why would you ever need to be sad? It's not even real in the first place. But you tell some, you tell something like that to someone who's in a really low point, they're not going to take it. In fact, that's going to be probably worse to say to them. Right, because they feel like, wait, no, what I'm experiencing right now is yeah, very their real pain, for me. Their pain is very hurtful and real yep. for them at that moment, right? Yep. So one thing um, I have always found that works is once you come out of your low point cycle, anytime that you're in your high point or your, or your average point, that is when you need to do the adas. Because you're no, not going to want to do it when you're in your low point. When you're back in your high point, because it's cyclical, it's going to happen to you. You're going to come back into some kind of normal point. That is when you need to do Ardas. And I, you know, be frank with Maharaj, be frank with divinity and say, next time I go back into my low point, which is going to happen because it's cyclical, I want you to pick me right back up. Mm -hmm. I need you to be there supporting me because I won't even be able to ask you at that point. I'm going to be so low that I can't even muster out an Ardas. Forget about reading Gurbani. At your middle points and at your normal points, that's when you really need to read more Gurbani. That's when you need to be joyfully meditating because that is what's going to prep you for the next time you go into your low point, you're going to be better rebounding from it. It'll build up your resilience, right? Yeah, and that makes sense. Like in Jabji Sahib says, mm-hmm. if you could just, when you're in your high points, know that there's going to be duk and there's going to be suk mm-hmm. and that's just a part of the journey and that there are actually gifts to you mm-hmm. from what is just to go through dok and go through sok. Mm-hmm. If you can accept that in your high points, it would be much easier to accept that truth in your low points. In your points, low points. Because exactly. you've already accepted yeah. it. Yeah. And actually you led on to a great point. When you're in your pain, accept the pain. Look it in the eye, even if it's depression, even if it's anxiety, it's a panic attack, whatever it is, look it in the eye, be like, this is happening to me. Right? And just accept it. Let your body a little loose. Let your mind a little loose and be like, it's okay. You know what? People go through a lot of different things and this is what I'm going through right now. This is my journey and this is how it was charted out for me, right? Accept that look because let's say there's a flood coming. How long are you going to hold off that flood, right? With as many rocks as you can put up, as many whatever. That is causing stress. That is causing you the resistance is making it more difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. If you can just let the floodgates open and say, yes, fine, this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. I accept it. I'll take it. Right. right? Then there's a chance that you might be able to float through. Yeah. But if you're just a boat constantly. Rather yeah. than resist, right? You'll figure out solutions to yeah. get past it um, yeah. in, in lieu of it being there. Yeah. Right. And I, uh, so um, in terms of what Siki says about this, everything that happens to us is because of our own doing, right? And this is a huge, it's a separate podcast on its own. So it'll take some time to explain karmic philosophy. But everything that happens to us is because we've done something in the past that has elicited a reaction, right? right? So our mind field, if you want to think about it, our mind as just um, kind of an energy field. Anytime you put, press into it or you do something, it's going to react back, right? That might happen right away. It might happen after a little bit of time. Some of these things have been implanted into us from our last body 
and maybe from a body even before that, right? Some of these things will come into fruition in our next body that we take on because this is just, you just keep changing bodies according to the, um, what Sikhi believes about reincarnation, right? So, right? Um, everything that's happened to us has become, uh, it's something that we've done. But what's very interesting about why Marad consistently tells us that this is all stuff from the past that is coming to fruition is if things from the past can come into fruition right now, then what you're doing right now is also going to give you consequence in the future. Yeah. Right? Whatever you're doing right now is going to have a consequence in the future. So you want to plant the right seeds, right? For example, um, Swami Ram Singh Ji always says this. He says, you don't even have to do bad to someone. Even if you start just thinking bad about them, that I wish this would happen to them. Oh my gosh, they're like this or that. Even thinking about it, just think of the shadow of Dukkha coming right beside it, mm-hmm. behind it. Just the shadow of Dukkha will start following you as soon as you just think badly about somebody. Well, it's like the same thing you said earlier, right? That each each action, each thought has that, um, that I guess, pressing of energy mm-hmm. that will give back a reaction. Mm-hmm. So if you think bad that's going to have a yeah, reaction. So it's it, it's it, still a mind field exactly. reaction, right? But the opposite is also true. Just thinking good about someone means the shadow of happiness is starting to follow you. Right? Mm-hmm. So think positively about others. Don't judge them. I think that's something that our Panth really needs to work on. As much as we say that we're very non-judgmental, mm-hmm. I don't think that's true across the board. Yeah. You need to be more open to people. Um, it's okay if they wear the star. It's okay if they wear a chunni. You know, it's I, okay if they're not a martari. <laughs> I think at the at the tenant level, in terms of theory, it's true. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the practice, yeah, it's not. No, of course, theory. You know what? People always like women equality. Um, the made the openness. What is that pangti that everyone always recites? Um, khatri brahman sudhavas upadesh jahovarna ko sanja. But you know, when it comes to living that practically, it doesn't end up happening mm-hmm. or when someone says you know sikhi is a lifestyle for the entire world not just for the six it just doesn't happen practically because all of a sudden if you're not this type of sick you're not practicing sikhi correctly anyways that's that's a different tangent mm-hmm. right um but all of this stuff needs to come into your life right mm-hmm. people always ask like it's a very logical train of thought actually you want to connect to divinity Right, which is, a, I'm assuming, what if you're an Amartari Sikh or a, someone who has interest in Sikhi, that's probably what you're trying to do. You know, expand yourself to connect into divinity. If you're going to connect to Vaheguru or merge with Vaheguru, think about it this way Vaheguru isn't just Vaheguru for the Sikhs, they're Vaheguru for the Hindus, for the Muslims, for the Christians, for the Buddhists, for every single. Forget about the, the fates on planet Earth. Vaheguru is Vaheguru. For all of the people that, or all of the entities that are living on different planets, mm-hmm. right? Imagine how many fates they might have, how many yeah. divisions they might have. Yeah. And you cannot get over your division right here. Mm-hmm. Forget about just one faith. How many divisions do we have within our faith? Mm-hmm. This is, is so counter uh, logical to what we're supposed to be working our way towards. Right. If you want to merge with the Guru, you need to start opening up the way Vaheguru is. Mm-hmm. The word is Vyapak, right? We use the word um, Vyapak to describe Vaheguru, that they're all over, they're everywhere. Right. 
if they're everywhere, you need to get to a state where you can expand into everywhere as well. Mm-hmm. And you need to start that by stop judging people, first of all, yeah. and thinking positively about somebody, right? Even if it's someone you have a really bad relationship with, let's say, maybe they've hurt you a lot. And mm-hmm. maybe it might be very difficult to think good about them. But then you know what, try to stay neutral. Mm-hmm. Right? But think about why they might be doing something like that. What mm-hmm. could have hurt them? How could you help them at this point? Maybe the best way to help somebody is just to stay away from them. Sometimes right. that actually might be the best way. But sometimes maybe the best way to help somebody is just to talk to them in a nice way, even if they're not talking to you in a nice way back. Empathy. Empathy. Big thing, yeah. Right? As soon as you start doing this, you will start to feel yourself changing. Mm-hmm. You will start to feel your mind field starting to reflect positivity what you're giving out you know Swami D always says this what you give out to the universe the universe gives that back to you many fold mm-hmm. so if you're giving out positivity and and love and compassion to others what is Marat saying yeah. that if you're going to start taram, if you're going to start religiosity or spirituality you need to first make sure that your compassion is checked yeah it is the basis for everything else yeah the first of the panjipyari by compassion there you go yeah. So that needs to come into your life. Mm-hmm. And meditation can help with that. The, the gratitude devotion that we talked about can help with that. You know, just distancing yourself with constant comparison, constant information coming in can help with that. So there's, there's actually things that you can do for all of this. Yeah, I'm always fascinated with, you can think about this in our bond as well, right? People like in, uh, not maybe powerful positions, but people like you trying to do prachad, right? Mm-hmm. There's probably... There's probably a dozen people, hundreds of people sitting at home being like, what does she know? Like uh, Mm -hmm. this and that about her. And Mm -hmm. I think about it a a lot when it comes to celebrities. Mm -hmm. Why is all of their mental health so weak Mm -hmm. when they have everything? Mm -hmm. They're living in Los Angeles, California. They have mansions. They have every car you could possibly imagine. They have fans who are constantly building them up. But then they also have fans who are constantly tearing them down. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of pressure, social pressure, to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. And I feel like in our bond, there's people who are trying to do good with, I mean, SYF. Mm -hmm. Like uh, our own, like, Sevadars are trying to do good and are constantly getting judged of Lana. Like they didn't do this right or they didn't Mm -hmm. do that right. People like you and that has a big part in mental health as well. I always wonder that though, is why... Um, like why celebrities are going through that what they could do and mm-hmm. do they do they um do the whole gratitude thing do they spend time being mm-hmm. like I'm thankful for this I'm thankful for that mm-hmm. because I mean in my opinion so, they get paid a lot to do mm-hmm. one movie yeah. right they have a lot <laughs> of money yeah no I think it's also just they do um they do do that, right? They do do uh, have some of them have gratitude journals and um, like they have that type of train of thought mm-hmm. um, where they're realizing that it actually has a benefit for them, mm-hmm. right? When they're doing that, but I think um, it at the end of the day, they are still so indulged in Maya mm-hmm. that they think that is still the way, and also what they've gotten is probably due to some tap that they've done before, right? Going back to the point Jasmine had earlier that you, if you put something in the universe, it will come back mm-hmm. many fold, but uh, it depends on, I guess your intention and these, I guess the details uh, Jasmine can talk to further, but yeah. 
Anything you receive from outside of yourself will never make you happy forever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. It could be money. It could be a relationship. It could be food. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. Anything that you receive from outside of yourself will never make you joyful forever permanently. Yeah. Maybe temporary, but it won't be permanent. Yeah. Which is why some of these people that have everything in the world, they actually have great relationships. They have a great career. They have a lot of money. They don't have to worry about a thing. Yet something is missing. Mm-hmm. They're still crave, craving something more. Yeah. Yet you can go to um, a place like India and you have, uh, I think I was watching this on Facebook back when I had Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a, a person who... Um, who didn't have anything he would fix like potholes on the street but what he lived in a little hut um he didn't even have enough money for medication yet he's like i'm the happiest person in the world Mm -hmm. i don't need anything i think one of the peoples that were actually doing the recording they're like okay well we're gonna give you like ten thousand rupees or something he's like i don't want it i don't need this you know what i mean (laughs) he's like i don't need this you know he really wouldn't accept he's like oh you know what if you really want to give money give it to this person or that person i don't need this right they're so satisfied. Yeah. And comparatively, they don't have anything. And that's like you said, Well, you didn't say that. Guru said said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you Bin were san- saying that. <laughs> Earlier, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, you see, um, first of all, we think Vaheguru is some kind of object that we have to gain right? That they're separate from us and we have to gain them. Mm-hmm. Or there might be another human being, or maybe they're not a human being. Maybe they look like an alien. I don't know. I don't know what people think inside their head. But it's usually I'm separate and Wahiguru is separate and we need to meet. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, that's actually not the mat of, of Sikhi, right? Because Sikhi starts with one. Mm-hmm. That's Advet mat, which means actually you're already together. You just need to realize it. Mm-hmm. You're already one with Vaheguru. You are Vaheguru. How do I know this? <laughs> Not saying this myself. Marat says this, so prabdur nahi prabtu hai. That's literally what Marat says. Right? So one way to change this would be to start thinking of Vaheguru as Satchidanan Sarup. Because that's what Guru Gobind Singh Ji has been saying. That is what is said in Japji Sahib, um, Satgur Prasad, Right? Satchidan Sarup is a entity, because Maharaj also says Murat, Akal Murat, that is three things simultaneously. Absolute truth, right? So not based on anything, but the absolute fundamental of all reality and creation. Absolute truth, Sat. And the way, so Sat, Jit would be absolutely all-knowing. And um, Anand. Anand. Anand, absolutely blissful. But this is also you, right? Because we've already established that we're Advatmat. So when you're s- sitting here and thinking, do you exist? Actually, can anyone ever say that they do- don't exist? You, you can say it. How can you say it? Because you have I a don't tongue exist. that you're saying I it with. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I just can you, okay, well, let me ask you a different question. Can you say that you don't have a tongue? No. Because you're going to use your your tongue to say it, right? Yep. That's the same thing as, <laughs> do you, um, can you say that you don't exist? If you say it, then who's talking? Right. right. Right? Yeah. So some of these exercises that we do is, if you, should I, should we do the, do we have time for the exercise or are we yeah, running? Yeah, we got lots of time. Okay. 
He's like, Ugh. I was like making a motion. I was like, oh, well, not too much time, but still. Uh, we can save it for some. No, no, I, I'd like it, to go into it. it. Yeah. Let's go into it. Yeah. So how do we feel sat in ourselves, right? Because that is ultimately what we have to, we have to find Wahai Guru within us. Because mm-hmm. Maharaj quite literally says, that's where you're going to meet Vaheguru inside, not outside. So, if you sit here and you close your eyes, I ask you, do you still exist? Yes. Yes. Great. I know you guys can't do this because you have headphones on, but if you were to close your ears and hear absolutely nothing with your eyes closed, your ears closed, would you say that you still exist? Yes. If we moved on and said, close your ears, close your eyes, don't smell anything, no tasting, and we could turn off all of the sense receptors in your body that are telling you that you're seated. If all of that was off, would you say that you still exist? So let's put you in a sensory deprivation tank. Right. Would you still exist? You... I mean, Kalinda, you're gonna be floating in there. Would yeah. you still exist? No, no, yeah, you you're you're your existing. Mind. But what I'm think uh, what I'm trying to think of is, will you? The thought that you'll have allows you to understand that you exist. No, no, I'm not even talking about that. Okay. I'm. You can even do this right now. This is not a, a the, uh, metaphysical, theoretical okay. type of yes, thing, then right? Yes, then you would. Yes, right. You just could. He's if an you engineer, could, he can't think that way. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. And I would expect him to be able to think that way, actually. <laughs> then I don't um, understand engineering. No, as in like, yes, you exist. Because I understand of the fact. what you're saying, but right. you're going way too okay. metaphysical. Okay. We're just doing so- a simple exercise yeah. here. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. We're just blocking off um, all the channels. That calm down, Kalunda. Calm down. <laughs> no, because... <laughs> well, they're usually talking about stuff that's like beyond my understanding. I know, so I was just trying to get... I, I was like, I'm maybe she's referring in that domain. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I get intimidated by you when you ask me questions. I'm like, is it yes or is it no? I don't know. <laughs> what? Maybe. <laughs> That's what you should always say. Just maybe. Yeah, no or way. I just wait for you to answer. <laughs> You're like, yes, I'm like, yes. <laughs> right away. Oh All right, gosh. sorry, continue. No, please don't be intimidated by me. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you could block off all of the channels that give you information. So you could do this in a sensory deprivation tank, actually. Right. And you would still exist. You right. would still feel that you exist. Mm-hmm. If you could stop breathing for just a minute. So all of that shut off and you stop breathing for a minute. You're not going to die if you stop breathing for a minute, right? You would say, yeah, I still exist. exist mm-hmm. Right. And then with that, if we could just shut off your mental fluctuations, maybe just for even five seconds. Sure. Even if you could do that, you would still say that you exist. Do it right now. Take a deep breath in and for just two seconds, nothing. It's a bit hard because I'm not in a sensory deprivation tank. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is, okay, so let's just unpack that a little bit, right? Because what I'm trying to understand is, I know it's a simple exercise, but I really do want to understand this. So let's say any any aspect of you in terms of touching, smelling, everything's off. Mm -hmm. You have no thought. Mm -hmm. Or is it that you don't have any thought about an external? No, you just... You know, and sometimes you're looking at the wall and you're not thinking about anything. Okay, okay. Yeah. But then at that point, yes, you you know yeah. you so exist. I'm just talking about for just a moment. Right, That's, right. You only need a moment to prove it, right? If it happens in a moment, it can happen if something's there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm looking at the wall and I'm not thinking about a thing. Maybe mm-hmm. just for two, three seconds, right? Or when you're in meditation, you might come across a time where like 
you've disassociated and you've you're thoughtless for a little while Mm -hmm. but even in those positions you still exist you can still feel that you exist some way feel is like a word that we have to use it's kind of like majibuli type of thing Mm -hmm. um so there is a part of you a part of your existence that is not dependent on the information you're collecting through your senses that is not dependent on your body that is not dependent on your breathing that is not dependent on even the fluctuations of your mind. It just simply is there, a, s- a level of your existence. That level of existence is Vaheguru. Because tell me, what else in this universe actually can exist? If all of this is an illusion, then what exists? If you're going to do a logical train of thought, and we're going to go by what Guru Teg Bahadur Sahib Ji is saying, that all of this is just a dream, mm-hmm. and it's fake, therefore not really real, then what is real? Mm-hmm. Only Vaheguru, right? We agree that Vaheguru is at least real. Mm-hmm. Then in your position, even when you're changing bodies, you still exist. You've just changed bodies. Right. What is it that inside of you that is existing? What can it be? Only Vaheguru. Right. Yeah. That's what it remains. It cannot be anything else. That is so, at your level, we're talking about Atma. Mm-hmm. And then we think about Vaheguru, we think about Paramatma, mm-hmm. Right. But in actuality, Atma Paramatma are the same. It's just for you that they've made it because you're like, there is no way I'm, I can be the omniscient, omnipresent divinity. That's all. There's no way that I'm the same thing that's in all of the galaxies and all the universe. So then what do you do to ease your mind a little bit? Okay, you know, we'll just call it Paramatma and we'll call you Atma. Mm-hmm. In reality, there's no difference. Yeah. Right. And there's a quote uh, I was just telling him before you came is we think of ourselves as the body, but there's a quote that I read. It's that you are not a body. Mm-hmm. You have a body. Yeah. You are a soul. Now it's just about, okay, I am a soul, but Guru Sahib is in that soul, not separate from that soul either. Yeah. Guru Sahib is that soul inside of me. So actually, Guru Sahib says, Atma Paratma Eko Kare. There's a direct link. Maharaj is literally telling you, Atma Paratma Eko Kare. They're not different. Exactly. Uh, there's another one. Um, actually, there's so many. I love this one. This is my favorite. So Prabhadur Nahi. You know, you constantly think of Vaheguru as being outside or mm-hmm. somewhere far. So Prabhadur Nahi. Prabhatuhe. You are Vaheguru. Now, there's more technique to this. How do we actually dissev- um, figure out how, how this is? Right. That is what happens under the guidance of a Sant. Right. That's why you need. When I say sant, I'm talking about someone who is enlightened and has the capacity to pass on that enlightenment to someone else. Mm-hmm. That is what is technically called Brahmneshti, Brahmsrotri, Acharya. That is what a Satguru is as well. Because if you think about Guru Nanak Dev Ji, obviously all the Satgurus are enlightened, but they have the capacity to pass it on to someone else, else as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So back to the point that I was trying to make here. You need to start refocusing here. Not on the outside, but here. Because this is the only portal that you have. Have you, actually, if I ask you a simple question, have you ever been outside your body? No. No. So when you're seeing, have you ever experienced anything outside of your body? I haven't, but I've heard from other people that they have. Even if you, okay, so then they'll talk about something like, well, I've experienced it in my astral body. Have you experienced anything outside of your astral body? Because it is still a body, a shell. Mm-hmm. You have never experienced anything outside of the shells. Right. So that means the only portal 
to breaking free of the shells is also within you. Because mm-hmm. where else are you going to go to? Right. Well, right? that's the only tool, yeah. So in here, we need to start rethinking about Vahigurua Sat Jit Ananda Sarup and then thinking that is also me. Mm-hmm. So the exercise that I just did with Sat, the thing that exists inside of you, independent of your body, mind, your breath, what can that be other than Vahiguru? Mm-hmm. Because Vahiguru is the only entity that truly exists mm-hmm. beyond the illusion, right? Right. And then you would do that with Jit. There's methods to do that with Anand. Now with Anand, Vahiguru is also everlasting Anand. And if you are Vahiguru, you don't need to go somewhere to get Anand. You mm-hmm. are producing Anand. Mm-hmm. You are Anand. Not even producing. You are you Anand. Are, yeah. The only thing meditation is doing, it is removing the layers that is blocking your real divinity from coming out. Mm-hmm. That's what meditation does. All of these things, whenever you know, you're know you looking, looking to Facebook or Instagram for attention or to give you that dopamine rush or to give you that attention, you are just blocking off what you innately have and you're just settling for a tiny little temporary piece of anand. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Swamiji always says, you are like pure sugar and you're settling for like laddu crumbs. those jokes yeah he was like jasmine you're pure sugar what i see you doing is eating the crumbs of the laddu not even the full laddu (laughs) but the actual crumbs like that's what you're settling for right right with meditation you start to distance yourself from everything all of the laddu crumbs Mm -hmm. you start to see hold on a minute where is this joy coming from ask meditators like i don't know i just feel happy for no reason Mm -hmm. there is is there a reason for why you're feeling joyful? Nope. There can be complete chaos around them and they're just sitting there in absolute bliss. Mm-hmm. Like, Where is it coming from? You are self-producing it. You are that thing. Now, you are that thing is the absolute end point, right? Yeah. I'm talking it's about... very high ab- spiritual state. Enlightenment. Yeah. But even saying that you're producing that is a little bit easier to digest is why I say that. Yeah. Even though it's technically incorrect because you are a nun. But if you just think that you have enough inside here, you just need to uncover all of the, cr- the crap. You know, people always ask me, like, is it hard to meet Vaheguru? Like, how is this all going to happen? And I always say, like, no, mm-hmm. it is not difficult to fall in love with Vaheguru. You don't even have to make effort. Mm-hmm. You just have to unpack all the crap that's been covering you. All of the stuff that tells you that, you know, that you just have to get rid of all of your complications Vaheguru is already there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make effort to make Vaheguru come into you. They're already there. You just have to unpack all of the stuff that you've put on top that is telling you that you're different. It's kind of like, um, like for example, I'm trying to think of an analogy. You have to decomplicate yourself. Yeah, decomplicate yourself. But at the same time, it's like just trying to, in terms of like a light perspective, it's like if you were to cover... Um, a diva. Yeah, sure. If mm-hmm. you would cover a diva, put like a pot around mm-hmm. it and then put a bigger pot around it mm-hmm. and then put some kapra around exactly. it. And then um, and then you're like, well, there's no light. Exactly. And it's like, well, the light's still on. Mm-hmm. It's just you got to pick up all the buckets and everything. So then you see it, you. right? There you and, go. But I guess the only uh, the point I would also make is you need you need that body to be able to experience that, that the bits see, of it. You would think that that's true. Right. Right. You don't even need your body to experience sat that we just did right now right it's just ingrained in your mind that you need the body to experience you need that is a a very high concept that you've touched on here 
But what I'm saying is even at the very level where you just start meditating, know that what you have inside is enough. You know, when Guru Granth Sahib Ji starts after um, um, and, and the first rag, Siddhi Rag, it's all about Bhagat Farid Ji saying, I don't want all of this stuff mm-hmm. because it's going to make me forget Waheguru. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff, when I start looking outside, I start to think that joy is there when actually joy is right here. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's all. So when we talk about these people that have absolutely everything, but something is still missing, it's because nothing on the outside, not a billion dollars, no amount of good relationships is going to be enough because you, those are what, laddu crumbs. They're laddu crumbs. Yeah, and it's interesting that you said that no amount of good relationships, right? Because I think uh, a lot of Western methods of coping mm-hmm. are about improving emotional intelligence, improving your self-regulation, your ability to have empathy, your ability mm-hmm. to understand your emotions, the ability to have good relationships with people around you, all of these tools. And we talked a little bit about gratitude journals, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of like consumer marketing and um, maybe just... It's, it's useful. It's just they've commercialized that concept. Yes. That's all that, yes. that See, I was trying to get at. Yeah. See, having good relationships is a huge boost to yeah. finding joy inside of yourself. Yes, yes. But if you think that is the end point, that's wrong. Yeah. Right? It's not the end point, but it is a huge boost along the journey. Right. You absolutely. Sangat, sat sangat, of course. And you, you touched on that a little bit is like you're at a different stage now, five, six years later from how you were mm-hmm. when you first started. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, um, some people may say like psychological well-being is a choice that you can make, that Sikhi is enough to deter you away. How do you feel about us as six people who may not be at the same stage as you, people who are just starting off, who don't have as much bhakti? What can they do? Is going to therapy, taking medication, is that something that you think that would help them? I know you wrote a little bit about medication or medicine mm-hmm. in your notes. Look, so I just if- wanted to ask about that. You need to get out of the rut somehow, right? If you're at your low point and you've been there for a long time, mm-hmm. if medication is going to get you out of that rut for just a little bit of time, it's worth it, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm i not saying that you should be on medication for a long time because mm-hmm. there's too many side effects for it to be good for you. And I know that a lot of the benefits do start to wear off. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not opposed to taking medication as well because I feel like a lot of the times people are told no, no medication for you. It's taboo considered, you know, people don't want to admit that they have depression and they don't want to take the medication. If it can get you out of the rut, then once you're out, then you can do a lot more with your life to make sure that you never go back into where you were, right? right. First of all, one thing I wanted to touch on was in Sikhi especially, I find that people are so whenever they want to treat someone or they want to help someone, they go right to the mind, mm-hmm. right? They're so direct. They're like, you know, the body doesn't matter. It's all fake, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I understand at the very high level, but you're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Right now you're living in the body mm-hmm. and everything is connected to the body at this point for mm-hmm. you. So quickly transitioning to their mind and telling them, no, you just need to read more Bani. You just need to do more Simran is not going to work. Their mind is already so flustered. It's mm-hmm. it's it's cracked, mm-hmm. Right. So one thing that can be very helpful is you just need to calm your environment down a little bit. Start with your environment. Bring some plants into the house. That is very helpful Mm -hmm. uh, to people. Um, Declutter a little bit, right? If there's too much clutter, not cleanliness, that is also very um, tough to live in. And just like, just add until you keep going. um, I've realized that even um, 
around the house we feel that we we when we have a lot of stuff we actually feel attached to it it adds mm-hmm. more boj more yeah. um stress having those things in life because i feel um as you and all this minimalist culture and i think it it just goes to show that they they do get a little bit happier and that's why they feel that that's a need in their life mm-hmm. because they've realized that as you have more stuff you actually have more stress subconsciously i feel Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't even you it. don't even realize it that you have attachment to these things. So uncluttering actually, yeah. but very helpful. Has, yeah, yeah. There's lots of studies on that. Um, opening your window, right? Think about it. Everything that you are at the body level, air, water, earth, fire, uh, and space, right? Because you're walking in space. The air that you're breathing, quite literally, is going to affect you. So open up the window, get in some fresh air, go outside, right? Just have a walk. Even if it's wintertime, bundle up just for 10 minutes, go take a walk, right? Uh, I think I was talking to you about it. The the people love to spend 10 minutes finding the right wallpaper, the, ni- the, the right nature yeah, yeah. wallpaper, but they won't actually go out for right. 10 minutes in nature. Observational, but not experiential. <laughs> experiential, yeah. We've just become so observational, but not experiential. And I mean, same thing with, you love to comment on people's walls, but you don't like to talk to them in person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Or you Same like thing. to go to Banff and take pictures with the mountains, mm-hmm. but you're not really in the moment. You're yeah. there to get the selfie. Exactly. Yeah. Taking a picture of the food, but not really enjoying the food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So go outside, do that. Then when you come to the level of the body, really do focus on taking, you know, especially a lot of Amartadis are low on their iron and B12, have a multivitamin, take your B12s, right? Make sure all of that is checked. Eat fresh food. I cannot stress this enough. Mm-hmm. I have, it's made a huge difference. One thing I used to do when I lived on my own was I had so much prepackaged food and stuff that I would just put away in the fridge. Ever since that I've started to make my pashada when I need to eat it, my own sabdiya, type like you know the fresh type of thing eating more fruits has made a tremendous difference and there's a whole theory behind why that works but eating more fresh is going to make a huge difference so what you're eating what you're breathing in make sure that it's fresh air and then having the right people around you makes a huge difference you don't want to be around someone that is constantly nagging at you is telling you that you're not worthy that you're not this you're not that and i know in some situations it's really hard to get out of a place like that but i would really suggest surrounding yourself with friends and people that really lift you up Mm -hmm. and and make you feel like make put you in that state of joy and make it easier for you to meditate easier to find that divinity within you yeah right you don't want people that are toxic yeah, you don't want toxic people around you. And yeah. you don't want to be toxic to anyone else either. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, so that's something that you can work on at the level of your body. In terms of medication, I know that Ayurveda has a lot of medication that has been very helpful to people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I can't prescribe anything. Um, you'll have to talk to a practitioner. But don't be so you know scared of going outside of the allopathic model and and going to someone like Ayurveda because Ayurveda has been around for a thousand years. Mm -hmm. So even though it's been backed, a lot of the the drugs and medications that are made in um, allopathic medicine are actually based on uh, herbs and and things that were found through traditional Chinese medicine or even traditional Indian medicine. Mm -hmm. So don't be so scared to go out because I know that it actually has helped a lot of people and there's less side effects to that. Um, that method of of doing so 
that there's a lot of content in there um and i hope like the listeners uh really unpack and truly listen to it and actually apply these things mm-hmm. in their life right i think that's the biggest thing um and i'm probably putting words in your mouth but that's probably what jasmine wants to see that people actually practice mm-hmm. um some of these things um so where do you, we just wanted to kind of go back and kind of wrap it up um where um we're just going to go into like a rapid five type of okay. questions that we always tend to do. Um, and we basically um, talk about different things uh, about you, but very mm-hmm. quickly. So we're just going to ask these questions and you kind of have to just think about it on the spot. Um, so the first one is, what is your favorite book? Um, I don't read a lot of nonfiction or actually it's not a book. It's a grunt right now. I'm reading Vichar Sagar. And um, I really love it. Which yeah. I thought, yeah. Favorite quote or Bani Pankti? I mean, Bani Pankti. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Bani Pankti is Kahe Re Ban Khojan Jai Sada. That one. Sarb Nivasi Sada Alepa Tohi Sang Samai. That Shabad is... If you if you read the entire Shabad, which I I'm assuming we won't have we don't have enough time right now, but it is so strikingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Especially because Guru Tegh Bahadur Sahibji spent 26 years meditating and you don't ever think about it mm-hmm. you know but 26 years not a small amount of time not at all um what is one of your weird quirks <laughs> Jasmine's i like, actually um. have so many but one of them is i talk to myself in third person so much <laughs> in my head like it's ridiculous and i actually in talk- your head or just like actually out like well, I'm too embarrassed for it to oh, come out, enough, right? Yeah. I wouldn't do it in front of you guys. But sometimes it does come out and I have to like watch myself again. <laughs> but yeah, in my head, I talk to myself in third person. I don't know why we always call these rapid five. We don't do them rapidly, but I don't like doing them rapidly either. <laughs> um, if you could meet anyone in history, who would it be? I would meet Gurdanik Devji. Absolutely. Good answer. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Mm. I can't. Um, I can't think of anything right now. Like just constantly nud- like nagging at people for no reason. Like the other day, someone was telling me like, uh, you know, I drank water in a, in a clear tall glass instead of our normal steel glasses and someone got mad. I was like, that, it's so stupid. <laughs> Is it just small? Yeah. Like little, little things like I know some people are very particular about the way they put their toilet paper on, on the thing <laughs> like i just find that to be so like to to yeah. make a fight out of it or to yeah. get angry at someone over it is some just, people are yeah very particular i think it's just a little bit like annoying things. i feel like um after like just doing some song at the swamiji it's like one of the things they always say is uh yeah right and so <laughs> that literally and like sukha singh yeah. he like really kind of made it funny and what does that mean sp- like Anything that's going to happen is going to happen. Like okay. when you're this doing bhakti, okay, okay. if you're doing bhakti mm-hmm. and like, um, like, I don't know, your sister like throw something panda down. You can't be like, what the hell? Like, I'm like doing <laughs> part over here. Like yeah. you can't be like pissed at them and be right. like, well, that was supposed to happen. And maybe that was a test of your patience at, uh, at some level as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that, and so Kasengji made it really funny. And I think that's why it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love when he does that. Like he just, it, it's for me, 
uh, like a if you want to make a concept stick just make it funny you know it'll yeah. stick more but um I said, again I he's so cussing he does that a lot he's very yeah. good at that you remember the things he said because he says them in such a funny way yeah he, it's it's serious and i i told him that he said something in two two three camps ago he said something that really struck with me i never remember exactly the words he used but the concept was essentially like as a sick you're you're uh serious but not mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm Right, mm, like it's like a serious, like yeah. a superposition type of, like you're you're serious because you understand the what what is at risk of not being, I guess, enlightened. But at the same mm. time, you you're you're laughable because it's all a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. both at the same time. You're yeah. a pile of bones and meat. You live on a tiny little planet called yeah. Earth, around a really average star called what we call the Sun, sun. in a very average galaxy. And yeah, at, like out nothing's of really that small. serious. <laughs> but on, at the same time, nothing. we fought wars yeah. to uphold justice. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah, like yeah. the same. Don't take yourself too serious. Yeah. But remember that you are on a clock. Exactly. Yeah. You've got a certain so, amount of days um, left. I wanted to kind of end the podcast uh, on this note: is that like. I feel like we as millennials, um, everything is so instant. If you have a question, you just go to Google, you just ask and you get everything right away. Whatever you want, you want something, go on Amazon, one day shipping. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be there the next day, right? And it'll be there the day you ordered it sometimes and everything is so instant. That's why I really enjoyed this podcast because I feel like you gave a lot of practical tips but also showed that even though you said people always ask you, how did you get to where you are? And you're like, I see he's not that hard. You're making it complicated, but there is some work that goes into mm-hmm. it. And I feel like you gave good ways to make it easier for us millennials who like everything very instant to actually practically be able to do these things and apply them to our life. And I feel like us as young sixth generation, just the millennials as general, we really need that. We really need to stop and just slow down. Yeah, slow down and, <laughs> and just evaluate, yeah. analyze. Yeah. yeah. So um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. No, I learned for a lot. Me. Yeah. And I was intimidated the whole time. <laughs> uh, really? Come <laughs> on. No, that one I just said to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we end off, uh, is there anything else you wanted our listeners to know? Um, no, y'all are very beautiful. Don't forget that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Us are the and, listeners. He's um, like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, you guys have everything that you need within you. You just need to figure out how to unpack all that stuff above. And yeah, just slow down. Yeah, slow down. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Experience Saki podcast. 